Yeah. What is the most, if, if someone hears nothing else today, what is the most important thing you want them to hear as we wrap up the show? Do you remember what I said earlier about the, if, uh, if I could talk to one person? Um, so the reason that I do these podcasts, a big reason is uh, because I used to feel like I was, there was something wrong with me. And there's, there's this misnomer in the world of like self-development um, that there's a self to develop. And that creates a problem because what the what the inference there is is that you need to be developed that you're not okay and you're not enough as you are and so i like to make the distinction that um you're good and and you're enough and there's nothing there's nothing missing and you're not missing anything and when you feel safe enough to explore and begin to accept and then begin to express who you are at your core, um, life gets a lot easier. And then to make the distinction that there are skills that can be developed. Um, and, you know, if, if you want to do different things in the world, um, it would be worthwhile to develop those, but you at, at your core, there you're good. There's, there's nothing missing. I won't waste another minute, no, I won't. Here's the million dollar question. How do men like us reach our full potential, grow into the men we dream of being while taking care of our responsibilities, working, being good husbands, fathers, and still take care of ourselves? Well, that's the big question. In this podcast, we'll help you answer those questions and more. My name is Brent, and welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. Welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. Big shout out to Fallible Nation. You guys keep us doing shows like this, and a warm welcome to our first-time listeners. Thanks for giving us a try. I hope you enjoy the show. My name is Brent, and today my guest is mindset and performance coach, Luke Rossimo. Luke, welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. What's up, Brent? How you doing, man? I'm excited to be here. I'm I'm looking forward to the conversation, man. But we like to start off really light. So, how's your trivia skills? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> oh, good. That's okay. Hit me, man. <laughs> I, I hit really random questions. So, okay. Today's random trivia question: What is the highest-grossing holiday movie of all time? Is it Elf. A. A Christmas Carol, B. Home Alone, C. The Polar Express, D. The Grinch, or E. Elf? I said elf. That was the first thing that came to my mind. So okay. I'm just going to settle on that. All right. Now, guys, you know the rules. Don't cheat. We'll get back to the questions sooner or later. Uh, but make your guesses. If you're driving, please don't write them down. Don't do not do that. But wherever <laughs> you are, make your guess, and we'll get back towards the end of the show. Now, Luke, I start everybody with the same question because I can read accolades. doesn't help anybody. So in your own words, today, who is Luke Rossimo? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, it's hard to know somebody out of context, but uh, let me give it my best shot. Uh, I feel free, like free to be who I am, express myself. Um, in order to do that, I, I feel like I, I know myself, you know, um, which, which I certainly can't always say. And um, man, I just... 
I, I just want to leave it at that because as soon as you start bringing in, you know, these identities and these titles, it it starts to put us in a it starts to put us in a box. And I think what I recognize most is I don't want to be put in a box. So uh, I guess just for your listeners, though, and for you, um, you know, a, a father and a, a husband and a, a musician and a coach, a business owner. I'm all of those things, but at the end of the day, I'm I'm so much more than those things. <laughs> I'm just me, man. <laughs> you know what? There's absolutely no wrong answer. Uh, I, I usually tell people before we start rolling, the first part of the show, there aren't any wrong answers. So, you know, that, that's the thing is everybody has a different approach to framing themselves. Yeah. And it's not wrong, right? Who am I to say that that's the wrong way to frame Luke Rossimo, right? Mm-hmm. So I always like people to introduce themselves because that's just you telling our audience, hey, this is me right in this moment right now, and we're cool with that, however that goes for you, right? Like I said, no wrong answers to the first part of the show. That's why I like the first part of the show the most, honestly. <laughs> so just, what I'm, you're saying is there's <laughs> wrong answers later. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Trivia is probably already wrong. <laughs> you know, in all fairness, I think I've had three people get one right. So that's wow. <laughs> I if I'm getting most time, I look online. But if I'm getting really mean, I pull out Trivia Pursuit. I'm, we did Trivia Night one time. It was brutal. Like I recognized <laughs> how useless I am at trivia when we went to Trivia Night. I just I think I sat and ate nachos. It was just nacho night for me. I I grew up playing Trivial Pursuit a lot. We would make my dad go through three times. Like he had to fill up his pie three times before he could actually. Really? Because he grew up a historian's kid. Uh, And so like he and my dad just loved information. Like he could just sponged it up. But I I thought I knew Harry Potter pretty well because I I loved the movies. I loved the books. Right. My my kids love it. So we all like to watch Harry Potter's together. We got the Harry Potter trivia pursuit. And it was like, Wow, I have to reread everything all over again. <laughs> I don't even know what they're talking about. Yeah. Uh, they find the most obscure things for trivia questions. Here's an easier one. What's your go-to comfort food or guilty pleasure snack? Ice cream. Ice cream? Any certain <laughs> kind? Um, there's this kind. So I live in Canada, so we have this place called Safeway, and they have this brand that's uh, it's called Moose Tracks. It's, mm. it's a version of Moose Tracks. But it's chocolate moose tracks. Ooh, that's really good. That's really really good. Yeah, I like I like moose tracks. I haven't had chocolate moose tracks though. Uh, if you want your mind blown, you're gonna have the chocolate one. I I wonder. We have a Safeway in the next town over. I may see if they actually have that. <laughs> we all know what I'm doing after we finish recording now. So yeah, ditto now. Morning person or night person? Uh, morning now. Morning. Okay. Yeah. You could have a conversation with anyone living or dead. And it doesn't have to be famous, like anyone. Who would it be and why? I'm going to go weird here. Um, I would have a version with, like, myself from as, like, a kid. And I just, I would have told that, that boy the things that he really needs to hear. Okay. Yeah, there's no wrong answer. <laughs> That's that is isn't that the ultimate form of like self service? Like I would go back and tell myself what I needed to hear. You know, I I saw 
someone post on i think facebook one time it's like you know if you could t go back and tell your younger self one thing what would you tell yourself and it's like one thing that's a really steep question right there because like wait I, I only get one out of all the collective knowledge that i've picked up at my age i'm 43 but i can only tell my five or six year old self one thing and i got to make them understand that right so you know they're deep, they're deep questions i actually had to start clarifying because everybody was like oh and they're looking for famous historical figures like no man just just anybody so now i have two different questions so i switch switch up every now and then yeah uh yeah is, nobody else comes to mind like yoda maybe you know i feel like yoda's got 800 years of wisdom that <laughs> I get a lot of people saying Jesus because they think it's like it's it's the right church answer, and it's like, yeah. you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But who else would you pick, right? Because that's that's the you know yes button auto answer for a lot of people. They kind yeah. of feel like they have to pick that. But it, it's funny how people. Some people are like, I asked one woman, and she's like, my grandfather, like just didn't have to think about it. Yeah. Right on. Okay, you know, uh, people are funny. I just, I love people. They entertain me so much because everybody is so different. That's the thing is we're all, we have this, you know, shared experience, you know, living on earth, but um, everybody's living in their own world through their own lenses and perspectives. And that's why you can ask the same question and get a million different answers. And it's like, wow, you, you see the world differently than me. That's really interesting. But that just makes it more cool that you see the world differently than I do. Yeah, absolutely. If you could learn and master any skill instantly, what would it be and why? Man, what is with these are these are great <laughs> questions. Okay. I would love to be able to dance really, really, really well. Like crazy, crazy moves, dancing. That's I'm a musician, so I, I express myself through music, but I feel like dancing is a different, a different form of, of self-expression. And there's a lot of, when you watch a, a great dancer, they're so free within themselves and, and the self-expression that comes through that. I just think I'd really enjoy that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, maybe a below average dancer. Um, you I'm know, when I'm, a, when I'm home alone. So just to be an amazing dancer, I, th I don't know why I think that'd be awesome. I, I'm a swayer. I, I have no dance skills. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm the just kind of sway in place, rock back. You're the high up. school dance man. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, I, I got one trick. That, that's my <laughs> bit. Music speeds up above a slow dance. I'm like, let's uh, go hang out over there. Yeah. I hear that. That was that was me in high school too. <laughs> I had one of my brother's girlfriends teach me how to box step once, cool. so I can fake it a little bit on a more formal dance. Yeah, because it's like okay, I. It's a square. I can move in a square. That works. It's, it's kind of like playing with one more step. Got it. Yeah. I love it. What are you most proud of? Who I am. Okay. What purchase of $100 or less have you made in the last year that's had the most profound impact on your life? Oh, $100 or less. Everybody struggles with the number. That always cracks Ooh. me up. Yeah. What's, uh, man, something simple. Man, uh, I'm, I'm really struggling with this one. Um, I don't get myself many things, 
let's go back to it. let's see what floats up to the top yeah yeah at any point just like you know while we're talking oh, i about... got it oh, yeah i got it you got it yeah this is a water bottle yeah yeah i have this with me almost all the time and it's 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 been very good is it a good water bottle that's the question uh i'm embarrassed to 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 share this story um i have another my son brought me this before we started so this is this is kind of a, a you know it's a free water bottle from like popeyes or something yeah yeah. Popeye, yeah like so that's normally what i would get and i just would i didn't care about it so my wife had this beautiful purple water bottle that was very much like this and this was a couple of years ago and i was like this seems really fancy like what did this thing cost and she told me and i, I almost lost my mind like <laughs> you, pay, you pay what for a water bottle because uh, i grew up with money stuff uh so and then I lost it in the park one day and I felt horrible. Long story short, I, I ended up getting this water bottle from Lululemon. So it's like a $50 water bottle and I carry it everywhere. Um, I love it. I respect it. And I, I use it. I use it. So it's, it's water, man. Like it's one of those baseline things like oxygen. Yeah. You need so it. So it's a, it, you need it. So yeah, it's actually had a profound, it's given me a profound. Um, Do you drink more water now that you carry it? Exactly. That's the thing. So it's, how, it's had a profound, tangible impact on how I show up day to day. Simple, but profound. You know, it doesn't have to be something huge. It's amazing what, right? I had one guy fell in love with a pair of shorts. You, you want to, you ready to choke? $70 shorts. One pair. I, 70 bucks I, I get it now i i he went and so, bought so, six more pairs so he had one for every day of the week yeah so okay so th this isn't a hundred under a hundred dollars we just bought a new car mm -hmm. um and it's a little sports car man it's a, it's a it's a mazda mx5 okay. um and that i love to be in that car and drive i mm -hmm. it's just so fun um so man th things that can bring me joy um that it, it doesn't matter the number whether it's a dollar or or more money I, i'm just all about the joy these days like i said little things change lives radically it's it's the little things that really tend to throw you but i mean i understand we're a water bottle family i, I showed you i have my coffee cup on my desk yeah we, we stick water stickers on ours that's cool so all of us like my kids my wife we all walk around carrying water bottles all the time yeah, and hydrated. We, we put stickers all over them, but we always have our water with us, right? It's, it's good. It's good I, I used to really say have a hard time staying hydrated. And as I got more into trying to fix my own nutrition, it's like, man, I just need to carry it with me all the time. It's the only way I'm going to drink it. Yeah, and we, and we do live in the high desert, so it's it's really dry here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you so, need even more. Yeah, so I was like, we live in the desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's It's warm and dry here, so. You need more. Yeah. What is one random fact, just totally random fact people don't know about you? When I was a kid, I was really good at chess. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That's yeah, a good skill. That. Chess is a good game. It's a beautiful game. It's a beautiful game. Yeah, do you what play? Is, huh? Do you play? I do. I don't play very often. Usually if I get to play, it's uh, like a long holiday staying at my brother's house or something visiting. Yeah. And him and I will will sit down and break out the chessboard or his oldest daughter. He taught her to play and she'll sit down and play with me. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm, I'm, my daughters are just getting old enough. I'm going to start teaching them chess. They're eight and 11. Yeah. And I've tried to keep them off strategy so much as just play, have fun. Right now, now they're getting older. We'll start into strategy games. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, <clears throat> my son walks around. I don't know where he picked this up. He's just three and a half and he'll, he'll be drinking his water bottle and then he'll put it down and say, I'm the winner. What man, why do you want to win? Like where? Where'd you get that from? Because it didn't come from this household. But there is something that happens when we start to make everything about winning and losing. And yeah. It's so important, man, for kids to just be kids and play. I'm I'm super. My wife and I are both hyper-competitive people. But <laughs> we, we also walked that line. I was like, okay, this is maybe a competition. This is not. Yeah. Right? When, when we start, my daughter's will definitely pick up on that the fact that we're competitive and when they start trying to turn things that aren't competitive in is like no 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 this is this is not a competition yeah you want to compete in something that's fine we'll break out a board game that's yeah. we'll go play something basketball or something yeah. uh they both like to play basketball but we we have relegated competition to when we're doing something that's supposed to be more competitive as opposed mm -hmm. to everyday life yeah, what are we competing for? Let's oh my come back to my kid. He's he's, I he's my dinner daughter. and he puts his fork down. He's like, I'm the winner. I'm like, no, we don't we don't win at eating, man. We enjoy our food. That's it. We my daughter race from the car to the front door to see who can get there first. Get out. Of the I car. think that's cool. <laughs> it's like, well, one of them starts on the other side of the car from the front door. So. <laughs> these are these aren't fair odds, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is the older one. So what's one thing some bit something What's we'll see if I can talk. What's something that everyone should know about you before we start digging into today's subject matter? Um, I've changed a lot. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So the person that you, the person, I'm showing up with you isn't how I would have shown up with you. You know, a year ago, certainly three years ago. Certainly not five years ago or 10 years ago. Yeah. Fair enough. Like I said, no bad answers in this. Yeah. Guys, we've been hanging out, getting to know Luke just a little bit so you can connect with him, see who he is, what he's about today, right now in this life. In the next part of the show, we're going to dive into an eye open the wrong things. <laughs> I opened the wrong thing. Yay. I'm doing well today. In the next part of the show, <laughs> We're going to roll into modern men, self-avotage, and the dreaded F word. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. Now, before we go any further, I wanted to share with you guys, I don't always tell you how much I love doing my podcast. Like, I passionately love what I'm doing. And one of the things that makes my life better as a podcaster is to work with a company like Grow Your Show. Grow Your Show is a one-stop podcast do it all. Now. I use Grow Your Show for my marketing, but Grow Your Show is literally a one-stop shop. You can record your episode and just drop it off with them and they take it from there. It's amazing. If you are interested in picking up podcasting as a hobby, or maybe you're looking to expand your business and use podcasting in that aspect, talk to my friends over at Grow Your Show. Adam will take care of you, I guarantee it. I trust him, he's my friend, he's my business colleague, and I wouldn't trust anybody else with my show. All right, guys, welcome back. In the first part of the show, we just spent some time getting to know who Luke Rossimo is. In this part of the show, we're going to dive into the modern man, self-sabotage, and the dreaded F word. 
Now, Luke, we, we covered some of the fun stuff and we talked about your life now and who you are today, mm. but you have a story and I'd love for you to take a little bit of time and share that story with us. Yeah, cool. Um, do you want me to start anywhere in particular or just kind of take it and run with it? Where do you feel is relevant for you? <laughs> um, so I lived a, uh, I lived, I lived a rather small life. So small. And the reason for that was, uh, well, just to be honest, I was miserable. Um, I was, you know, anxious, basically 24 seven, I didn't have any self worth. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't speak up for myself, because I really thought like, well, who cares, who's gonna care what you have to say. And um, so, you know, through my 20s, uh, I was high, most of the I was high all the time. If I wasn't sleeping, I was I was I was stoned. And um, that transition to um, exercise and then a, a horrible relationship with with food. Uh, so I would, you know, I'd binge on food and, and especially ice cream. <laughs> that was my go-to. Uh, that was my go-to food. And, um, you know, I just had this, this chronic internal narrative of like, man, what's wrong with you? What, what is wrong with me? And I would see people in the world that seem to be like actually enjoying life and living life. And, you know, they would be making more money than I could fathom at the time. And they seem to have connection with people and they seem to have these loving effortless what seemed like effortless relationships and of course we never truly know um and especially on social media now but um and uh you know they were they seemed to be healthy vibrant people and then i would look at those people that i thought had it all and i'd be i'd be like this point of comparison of like well what what do these people have that i don't have and so i always just felt like I'm missing something like I, <clears throat> I have a defect. I have a defect. And as a result, um, you know, I worked this, this terrible job, um, where I was basically emotionally abused. It was an abusive situation. I, I always joke now, I was in an abusive relationship with my employers, but I didn't have any sense of self and any sense of worth. Um, and so I wasn't in a position to say like, Hey, this isn't okay. Um, you know, I was underpaid. I was, and I also had this sense of like, I didn't deserve more. Like the amount of money that I had was, that was all that I was worth. And, and really it wasn't even okay to want things. Um, so I, I let this, just this small, sad, sad life and the worst of all of it. And, and like, to have your life so small, it's very, very difficult because I truly believe that the, we're here to experience life and experience ourselves in the world and, and grow. Um, and, and the thing that I wanted more than anything in the world, anything in the world was, was not more money. It wasn't more and better quality relationships. It wasn't to finally get the stupid six pack or whatever. All of these things that I thought were going to like, finally make me happy that I felt like I couldn't even attain. <laughs> um, 
I wanted, you see a guitar behind me. I wanted to play, I wanted to play music on stage. Uh, I love to sing, I love to write. And it turns out I love to perform. But uh, until I was 28, man, I'd never done any of it. And, um, and so most of my life, I have this experience of living just this sort of contracted, uh, painful, um, painful existence. Uh, and there's been a journey. You, you see those, those movies where, you know, there's, there's a character going through a struggle and then it like cuts away and it's like two years later and they're like walking down the street and they're all happy and, you know, they're chumming it with people and there's like indications that they're doing better, but they're, they're happier. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody makes a movie about like those two years or those six months or those eight years. Cause it's been eight years. Um, and slowly I've come out of my shell and I'm experiencing more of myself and the world. And one of the catalysts to stepping forward and, and start to rediscover myself was to step on stage for the first time and, and just play a couple songs as an open mic and, um, facing the fear because everything was scary at that time, everything, um, but to step into that and come out the other side and, and like be alive, like, Oh, I didn't die. Like, what else can I do? And that's where, that's where it started. Yeah. We like to gloss over. We live in an age of Instagram, right? Where everybody sees the highlight reels yeah. and, and nobody wants the, they, they want the training montage. That's like, Oh yeah. we overcome those training montages are 30 seconds long, but it's, it's, five years of that person building enough muscle to do whatever they're about to do or right. It's never that. And yeah, we don't, we don't like the, we, no, no, that's uncomfortable. That's, that's uh, not pretty. That's messy. That's exactly right. And, um, and yeah, it is. Sorry guys, but I know that I worked in the, (laughs) Oh, the nutrition realm, the weight loss realm for a long time. And everybody in that, in that arena, myself included for all of my life is looking for the quick fix, the magic bullet. There isn't one there and there isn't one anywhere. And on one hand that can be infuriating because we just want the thing now, mm-hmm. whatever the thing is. But when we really release, <laughs> ourselves to the fact like yo this whatever it is whatever you want and even if it's a even if you're on an inner journey of you know moving from where i was like this 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 incredible contraction and misery to i feel pretty good most days like i feel i do and i'm, I'm really grateful for that um but that's been a process and it has been messy and there's been ups and downs and, and it's not this linear trajectory and to expect that it's going to be is going to, you're going to be set up for disappointment. Like, yo, you're, you're a human being having a human experience. There's going to be some ups and downs. And if you can be okay with that and you can be okay with the idea that, you know, whether it's an internal journey or external journey, um, that's going to take some time as well. And, and, and you can, actually learn to enjoy that process because that's all life is is a process 
we arrive maybe at these little destinations along the way, but the whole thing's a process. What if we could just enjoy the process? What if? And I guess that's one of the big shifts is from shifting from this place of like looking for the next result, which I could never get anyway. Talk about self-sabotage. Um, to like releasing myself from like, oh, if then, um, when, when I get this thing, then I can feel this way to, I'm going to feel this way, enjoy my life. And I'll work towards the things that I'm interested in. I'll be okay if it happens and I'll be okay if it doesn't happen. Like, it's just a paradigm shift. I'm riffing on what you said, man. I really took the, the I took the reins. <laughs> no, you're good, brother. No, you're absolutely good. Actually, I was just thinking to myself, it's really funny because, right, we live in this instantaneous, uh, we won't, you know, instant gratification now, right? But we love stories. As, as a preacher, human beings love stories. We thrive on stories for as long as man's been around. Stories have been at the core of our culture and our existence, right? And we go, we love going to the movies. Absolutely to go to the love to go to the movies. We love to read a good book. The book's always a journey, right? The movie is always a journey. You have like a, a four or five minutes at the beginning of the movie that sets it up why we're taking this journey. And then the conclusion is five minutes. But then you have two hours of movie in between that is the journey but we want to skip over that part in our own lives that's what we're paying to watch on the movie screen that's what we love is that story because we can identify with it but we want to skip that in our lives we we just want to we, we want to get to the end result i tell people all the time uh, as a trainer it's like look you didn't get out of shape and overweight in five minutes you're not going to resolve those issues that you have with that in five minutes. If it took you a year and a half of eating crap and doing nothing to get out of shape and put on some weight you didn't want to carry, it's actually going to take you two and a half or three years to get down healthily and make it lasting because you got to build new habits and, and fix. There's a lot of journey to get out of what you set up. And, but everybody wants the five minute abs or, right? We, we all want to win the lotto and be instantly rich. Yeah. I told my wife one day, I'm going to win the lottery. She's like, you got to play the lottery. I was like, nah, <laughs> if I'm meant to win the lottery, I have as much of a chance of finding the winning ticket on the ground as I do buying one. That's an interesting point. Yeah. I love your movie analogy. That was really good, man. Um, it's, it just occurred. It's like, wait, that's the whole movie. It's the whole movie that, the, but like extrapolate that to a lifetime that that's mm -hmm. your life. That, that life is the journey. That's the point. That's the so, Lord of the Rings extended version. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're watching the movie, you don't, you don't wait till the last five minutes to be like, Oh yeah, that was a good movie. No, it's the whole thing where you're, you, you evaluate the movie by, by the story, by the journey, by the whole thing. Yeah. You, you, you don't watch the last five minutes and you're like, Oh yeah, that was good. That was a good ending. Can you imagine like the Lord of the Rings? right? You have the director's cut, which is like 12 and a half hours long. If we started with Frodo in the Shire, went straight to him throwing the ring in, in the lava at Mount Doom. That's what happens? And, and just, sorry. No, just really, <laughs> we cut out the whole rest of it, right? We, we cut out the other 11 and a half hours. Yeah. 
no like, one would be the... talking about that story years later. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be remaking it. We wouldn't be telling the story still. Um, it's interesting because when you're, uh, I, I want to play with this idea some more because I think it's 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 actually profound. Um, it, part of the thing is uh, when we're watching a movie, it's it's not us. Like there's distance from that story. So when we're in our own lives, we just want to get to the good part, like whatever that means, because um, we're so like we're so close to it. But if you can be a little bit more of an observer of your life and less entrenched within the the day-to-day uh there is room for appreciating where you are and that 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 can be a practice it has to be a practice because we've been used to practicing that old paradigm of like the if if this then that when this then that um so something that uh my wife and i are really committed to and it's not comfortable because it goes against, for me, it goes against a lifetime of conditioning. Um, and it's this, I'm going to, I'm, res- there's this idea in certainly in my family growing up of, you have to be responsible. So that car, it would be like, that's not responsible. It's a two seater. We've got a kid. So <laughs> now all of a sudden we can't even go places in that car. The car payments higher. So like in, in all these ways, I can rationalize that it's, it's not responsible. Um, but what if, what if, um, you know, it's one thing to be responsible to finances and all this, but, but what if I placed on the hierarchy of responsibility, being responsible to my joy, and I prioritize things that brought me joy, what happens? And it's been this experiment and this question that I like to ask myself during the day, during the day. So this is a daily practice is how could this get better? Like, how could this become even more enjoyable? How well do you sleep at night? Do you toss and turn and wake up more tired than when you went to bed? Sleep is commonly one of the critical elements people fall short on in their life. The quality of sleep you get directly affects your ability to control your weight, your ability to add muscle, your stress levels and your everyday job and life performance. If you're ready to move to the next level then sleep, has to be part of the plan. Check out our friends at ghostbed.com if you're ready to get your best sleep. I love my ghost bed. I've been sleeping on one for a couple of years and has made a huge difference in how I sleep. Hit ghostbed.com and use the code thefallibleman30 to get 30% off your order and start getting better night's sleep tomorrow. Now, let's go on to the show. Because um, most people, and this was me, they'd be like, man, my day sucks. This sucks. Nothing's working out. And... Um, you know, I didn't get on Brent's podcast, man. That guy hates me. Like, what what did I do? As opposed to like going like concluding, making these conclusions. Oh, this sucks. Oh, I can't lose weight. Oh, that ne- that's never gonna work out for me. Um, I'm never gonna book a show. I'm never gonna make more money. Like, whoa, those are all conclusions. And they're they're dead ends, they're boxes that we put ourselves in, and they're the the slow death of our soul. What if we just open doors all day? And the way to do that is just to op- ask these open-ended statements. Um, how can this get better? And our brain, you don't even have to answer it. Your brain will just in the background be like, yeah, this is actually quite nice. <laughs> it's, it's very interesting. It's one of those really cool things. Your mind is so much smarter than we most people realize. Like it is it, designed and so much more powerful and capable 
But when you start asking those questions, your mind automatically starts shifting towards looking for the answers, whether you consciously do it, but your brain starts looking at the day. Uh, we used to have, I actually, and I, I, it's my bad. I, we got out of the practice with my daughters, but we used to have a gratitude practice where every night I asked them, said, you know, what's one thing somebody did for you today? What's one thing you did for something for somebody else today? And what's one thing you're grateful for today, right? Because I wanted their minds in a positive place of both gratitude and appreciation when they were going to bed, because I knew how important that was to settle the mind, right? My daughters didn't struggle with many nightmares or anything like that. They, they've had some, but they didn't struggle, especially when we were doing that. And you just putting those questions in your brain, your brain starts to try and sort those all out. And that's what you start looking for. I'm, I'm not a big person to, uh, I, I see these people on YouTube about manifestation. I've never been a big manifest guy, but I do understand the power of putting the right questions and thoughts in your mind yeah. because your brain will start to look for solutions to those instead of all the negative. Yeah. One, 100%. Um, we're, we're playing this game in life. Um, where maybe we have these things that we want to accomplish and we want to do, but the game actually starts here. Uh, th this game is happening 24-7 anyway. The game within the mind, and most people, first of all, are unaware that there's uh, of the depth of what's happening there. And if, if, our, if our belief systems and our thoughts are working against where we'd like to go, for example, this idea of um, we've come back to the idea of losing weight a few times. So if we have this idea that, well, I can't, I can't do that. Or if we think, and this could be unconsciously that it should happen right away and it doesn't, well, all of a sudden that, that sets a tripwire like, oh, that's not going to work for me. That's, this is just the way I am. So as soon as we land on a conclusion, it, it sort of distills into an identity statement for us. Well, I'm not someone who can, I'm not, that's a box. I'm not. Mm -hmm. we're confined to the box we don't have a choice um so, so everything you said is is true and um so so to recognize that game's occurring anyway and to learn that you can play that this is the game to play and that the outside then will kind of play itself and i know that might sound a little bit weird but that's how it works um, it's not about <laughs> the manifestation crowd. So funny, man, because it's like, I'm just going to sit back and like, think about, think about this thing that I want to bring to me. It's like, if I sat in my office all day and didn't do anything, you think that like this boat, like, I don't know why I said boat, but you're just <laughs> going to show up on the doorstep. Like, um, action is, is, is how we communicate, how, how we experience the universe how we experience this plane so like you, you have to you have to do stuff like if i didn't reach out to you because i reached out to you i right. was like hey man i really want to be on your podcast like i can't sit back and and like you don't know me not till today and you're not going to reach out of the, of the ether you're not going to be like scrolling through and be like that guy Dude, that's never going to happen so People, we, we have to advocate for ourselves. Like, I'm going to put my hand up and I'm going to be like, 
Brent, pick me. Here's why you should pick me. And I think I think you should. Most people aren't comfortable doing that. Like I wasn't comfortable doing that. But you have to advocate for yourself. Like you 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 have to get into the world. You that's how you that's how you manifest things is is action. <laughs> well, it's it's funny to use that example cuz like I've never actually sought out a guest. I I told you before we started recording, I was actually booked for the year already before you even reached out mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't actually seeking guests and I've never actually actually sought out a guest. Like all of my guests have come to me uh, on the same platform that you and I use there. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at it from that side, right? If you aren't putting your hand up, not only am I not going to find you out of a list, I'm not even looking for you. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. So becoming your own advocate. I learned that the hard way a few times. Like I got passed over for some jobs and stuff like that because I thought, well, I don't quite fit everything they're looking for. So I'm not even going to try and make an argument that they should look at me anyway. And I, I missed out on some really great promotions that way when I was in the, uh, the professional world. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I saw who... In that case, I saw who got the job. I'm like, I'm super more qualified than that guy. I know him. <laughs> like, like, he was a colleague. I know him. It's like, I know his qualifications. I was super more qualified. But I didn't advocate for myself because I thought, well, I don't meet all of what they say they want. So I shouldn't even try and convince them that they should look past that and get me anyway. Well, sometimes, some, sometimes, like, this is so important because I, I, I ran my life by this idea. And the idea was... Uh, and this is such a spiritual bypass move. It's like, if it's meant to be, it'll happen. It's like, no, if it's meant to be, go make it happen. Like you have to, you have to be the greatest advocate for yourself and your life. Cause, cause no one else is going to, well, people will advocate for you, but they will only do that if they see you advocating for yourself first. So whether that's a job or like, you know, getting booked as a musician or, getting on a podcast it's like get you've got to get out there and in some cases your your employers don't even know what they're looking for they're like hey this is what we think we want and you can be like yo this is what you actually need i'm the fit um i, I don't i had an idea what you were looking for but i was like hey this is kind of what i bring to the table yay or nay and dude you could have said no and i'm grateful to be here but it it, it wouldn't have hurt me like i would have been okay either way and what a beautiful place to be where I can go be in the world. I can put myself out there for everything that I want and I'm good whether I get it or not. Cause guess what? I'm just going to keep putting myself out there. And, and <laughs> I don't want your audience to think that I'm talking about me. I'm saying, Oh, go do this for yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, people don't understand. I had to be on the other side of the table at one point uh, later in my career. Whereas like, you know, when people put something out, whether it's uh, on the platform where you and I connected or whether it's at a job, they're putting out a wish list, right? And people look at themselves and go, oh, well, I'm not. No, no, they're putting out a wish list. And it's not a small wish list. They're swinging for the fences. <laughs> and they know they're not necessarily going to give that. But if you, right, it, it's the old adage, if you shoot for the scar stars, you'll be a whole lot closer to flying than uh, cause I, I, I've been on the other side of it now where I wrote like the job description for a team I used to work with 
And my boss was like, uh, and, and I looked at what he had, cause I wrote the base descriptions. Like, this is what we need. And then he got a hold of it. And what he posted, I was like, that is not what I wrote. He's like, I know. You can't afford the person with that resume, dude. Yeah. For what we pay, you cannot afford the person with that resume. I can tell you what those skills cost you. You know, this is what we need. But everybody puts out that swinging for the fence. On my show, I put, this is what I want. These are the kind of guests I'm looking for. Does everybody who asked to be on the show check all those boxes? No. They check one box. They're, they're talking to men, right? That's, I have low bar of entry, you know, <laughs> uh, but you put out these big ideas, but unless you advocate, you know, most people are not, it doesn't matter what you're looking at, whether you're looking at a new job, whether you're looking at trying to, you know, get in shape, right? You have this idea in your head and everybody wants to be Chris Hemsworth or some, you know, Greek chiseled statue. And so we put that on, we put that in our head. It's like, no, that's an ultimate idea. And we, we are still worthy of trying to get there, whether we ever look like that or not, but your brain automatically sets this bar so high and you're like, oh, well, I'm never going to get there. And you actually start to sabotage yourself. Actually, this makes a nice segue because that's where I want to go with this. You start to sabotage yourself before you ever get started. I sabotaged myself out of a really great job because I thought, oh, well, I don't quite meet all those, right? People screw up getting into healthier conditions with their life because they're like, oh, I can never be Chris Hemsworth. Well, you know, you make millions of dollars and can hire a personal chef, a personal trainer, a personal scheduler and everything else. And maybe you can, I don't know, but you got to try and go to the gym and try and make a healthier choice on dinner tonight to even start that journey. Yeah. We just take ourselves out of the mix. Mm -hmm. Why, why do we cut ourselves out? Why do we sabotage ourselves so bad over and over again? That's a big question, man. Um, that's a really big question. I don't, you can't point to one. There's not one thing. Um, and we could probably tackle this in a million different ways. But um, one of the things that we do is, so back to the job idea, and, and you see this list of things, and you'd be like, well, you have this voice come in your head. And it's like, well, I couldn't, I can't do that. So back to the idea of me playing music on stage. I can't play on stage. So that that's a... That's a thought. That's a thought, man. It's a string of words. It's a string, it's a string of words that exists right here, like in, in our mind. And the way that the brain works is it'll, it'll, it'll have a thought like that. And then it will automatically say, and here's why. Have, have you, have you used chat GPT? I have, I have. Yeah. You give chat GPT a prompt. And then ChatGPT will write you an essay to fill in underneath that prompt. Your brain's the same way. So if you're like, well, I can't do that. So if you have this job that you're like, man, that would be awesome. I can't do that. Your brain's like, it's not just that your brain's saying, yo, you can't do that. It believes it in that moment. And it gives you a list of reasons why. Well, I'm not qualified. Like I've never done that job before. I So it will 
it will fill in, give you a list of evidence. The messed up thing is it will then go out into the world and create evidence to support that, that statement. So let's say like this, this, this job gets posted and you're like, Oh, I don't qualify for that. And then you see the hire, the guy that's going to hire, he's hiring into that job and he gives you a funny look and you're like, see, Bob doesn't even like me. I'm never going to, I could never get that job. That's like, Bob didn't even look at you. He looked past you and you read into that because your brain needs to give you evidence that you're going to be correct about this. And your listeners might be like, Luke, that's crazy. What are you talking about? But if you think about it from an evolutionary survival perspective, it's the way the brain works. So if you, if you're walking 50,000 years ago and you hear this rustling behind you and it's this, this, this bush, your brain doesn't go like, man, that's the wind. Your brain doesn't go, uh, there's a little bunny back there. Your brain goes, tiger. Your brain goes, yo, you gotta, you gotta run. You have to run. Your, your brain doesn't, you don't stop to say, well, is there really a tiger there? Your brain's like, no, tiger, you have to run. You have to get away from the potential threat. So when you take that idea and you bring it into the modern world, where there's no tigers in my room. I'm good. But our survival mechanisms now play out to keep us safe, to keep us right where we are. So any deviation from our norm, any deviation from your norm, any deviation. So, so to whoever's listening, you have to think of what is normal in your life. So that might be, look, I look a certain way. I feel a certain way. I actually think a certain way. Um, when I get home from work, I do certain things. Um, you know, I drive this kind of thing. So all of those things creates our life situation, the, the context of our lives. We have actions in the world. We have the environment that we're in. Then we have the internal world. We have the thoughts that we think, the beliefs that we have. And then we have our core concept, our, our, our core identity. And all of these things, are, they're like an echo chamber. So core identity, <laughs> results, which is the, the result of our actions, behaviors, so on and so forth, which spring forth from our thoughts. So we have this internal world and we have this, our external world. So most people are working to change their external world, their results. We want to look differently. We want more money in the bank. We want more connected relationships. Um, which is the result of different actions. Well, different results are a change of, of your environment. It's a change. Uh, your behaviors are a change. Now, if you want to change your behaviors, you actually have to think differently. Um, instead of, oh, my goodness, um, you know what? I can't get that job. Well, wait a sec, pause. What if I could get that job? So that's a con we have, on one hand, a conclusion statement. I can't do this thing versus a question that opens a door. What if I could do that thing? Um, all of the things that I'm talking about, whether it's um, results, be behavior, habits, actions, thoughts, beliefs, uh, underneath it all, we have core concepts. These are the way that we see ourselves. Um, so um, a really healthy 
internal structure might be like, I'm capable of anything. I, I can do this. Uh, you know, I can learn new things. But if, if people are anything like me, um, I had these core concepts, which were negations. So that looks like I'm not enough. Um, I'm not safe was another one for me. So when we start to look at this internal structure and we start to say, oh my goodness, like I have to, I have to change this if I want different results and we have to change our behaviors. If we want different results, if we want to lose weight, we have to maybe exercise a little bit more, maybe eat a little bit differently. Um, all of those things, every single one of them represent change to the brain. Your brain doesn't want any of it. Your brain doesn't want more money. That, that sounds crazy, but it doesn't. It wants your comfort level. It doesn't want to be fit and healthy and vibrant. It wants you to do exactly what you've been doing because that's what it knows. And when you really get this, like, um, and then there's a, well, I won't go into that right now, but um, even from a belief structure perspective, like to go from like, I can't do this, there's safety and I can't do this. There's safety and I can't get the job. Do you want to know what getting the job means? Newness. <laughs> New roles, new responsibilities. Your brain's like, look, Bill can take that. I don't want it. But part of you does. The first call, the call of your heart is like, I want that. I want that expansion. I want that growth. And then these second thoughts come in and they're like, no, 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 you don't. You can't even do that in the first place. What are you thinking? Homeostasis. Homeostasis. We, we homeostasis. For the human organism, for all of the results for the way that you think about yourself in the world, that concept applies. Yep. Your brain will resist you at every turn. That, that's why we self-sabotage. 92% of people don't reach their goals, period. And you look across industry, um, I developed mindset training for uh, realtors. The fail rate of, of realtors, 92%. The fail rate of people trying to lose weight and get healthy is 92%. The fail rate of coaches in the coaching industry. Do you want to guess what it is? Ninety-two percent. Ninety-two percent. This isn't this isn't an industry thing. It's a human thing. It's a it's a brain thing. People don't recognize how they have this internal structure that's set up against them. But when you know it, and you can you can see it playing out, so you have to become aware. I can't change anything that I'm not aware of. And then the work is in the change and that work is not linear because there's going to be, there's going to be external resistance. The people around you will be like, Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> there's going to be internal resistance. You're going to be like, Whoa, what are you doing? Because your part of you doesn't want to expand and grow because it goes against everything. Uh, it goes against our survival drive. So, so, so to, to know that is empowering because you can work with it. You're not bound. I stepped on stage at 28. I believe that I had to be perfect. Remember, well, I can't do that. And then the brain will give you reasons why. And it can be really helpful. So like really practical, tangible. If you, if you want to do something in the world, start to write about your thoughts and feelings around doing that thing. And you'll get to know your internal narrative very quickly. So around playing stage, now, to go from not playing music to playing on stage in front of like even one person, th there's nothing that I could imagine that's more terrifying. Nothing at 28. 
at 27, at 26, at 25. But I recognized that I was going to have a lifetime of evidence and ultimately be dying on my deathbed. Like you, you never stepped on stage, man. And in that moment, there was a, I had regret looking back on my life, imagining myself on my deathbed. And I thought, you're going to get on stage, even if it kills you. And so I did. And all of the internal structure of, well, you can't get on stage because you have to, you have to play music perfectly when you're playing for people and you know, you're not perfect. No, it's no. What if you could play on stage? Let's go try. Is it comfortable? No. Is there growth there? Yes. <laughs> so that was a lot. <laughs> I could riff on this for hours, but um, I think that's like a, it's an overview. Does that? Well, unfortunately, that's, that's generally what we get stuck with on the show, right? We have to give kind of a higher overview and you guys will be able to, you'll have all the connections for Luke in the descriptions and stuff like that. So you guys can follow up even deeper with him. Uh, unfortunately, the world still exists. I'm not Joe Rogan, so I can't do five hour interviews, but you know, for more, you can definitely hook up with Luke and go even deeper on these subjects. One of the things you mentioned that I, I just, I have to touch right at the beginning of it was, you know, there's not one reason why we self-sabotage. And I, I want you guys to hear that really clearly because often that's what we're looking for. We're, 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 we will run ourselves into the ground looking for that one, right? It's the same, it's the magic pill we're looking for, for weight loss, right? That, that three minute ab or 30 second ab, right? That magic bullet for weight loss. We do the same thing when we look at self-sabotage. We're looking for that. Well, what's that? What's that one reason? It, it's not. And the reason you self-sabotage in this situation may be different than this situation, right? It goes down to those core components you were talking about. I, I was trying not to laugh when you were talking. One of the first interviews I ever did was with a guy who trained stuntmen. And he was telling me a story about standing on top of this tower with this, this stuntman. And the guy was going to have to jump off. It was like a massive jump onto this huge airbag, right? And he said, and in that moment, when you're standing there looking 50 feet down and trusting your life to this airbag, you have two choices. I'm going to jump or I'm not going to jump, right? There's no in between. It's I'm fully committed that this is going to work and I'm going to see it through or I'm not doing it at all. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about what you put in your head. He said, every time I walked up to do that when I was a stuntman or do something like that, it was, I can do this right now. And while we were talking, I actually made a joke. He's like, well, when you get in this situation, I said, well, I'm great in the moment. He's like, ah, ah, stop. That's it right there. The first t-shirt we ever designed came out of that conversation. And I have a t-shirt that says I'm great in the moment yeah. because it was, he's like, that's it. You just told your brain on the spot in the moment you are great and your brain went oh okay then we can run with that yeah i love so, the example of chat gpt you gave because i was an early adopter on chat gpt and a huge <laughs> nerd yeah, of course. and so when it was still in beta i got i got in on the beta and started playing with it 
And I was just amazed that you could put one sentence in and get like this. But I never process it the way you just said it with your brain. You put that one thought and your brain just goes. Yep. With why so, so we have to watch out for concluding statements. And I'm going to, I'm going to, it's okay if I reflect something back to you. I think you'll be yep, open yep. to it because you seem vulnerable and open. Um, but I think it'd be really powerful for your audience. Um, I think it'd be really powerful for your audience because these, these little limiting things, mm-hmm. they'll slip out in conversation and, and, and we'll be unaware of them. So I'm just going to hold up a mirror so that you're aware of this thing that you just said, because you've actually said this twice, uh, during our time together, Joe, Joe Rogan. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> Joe Rogan. I can't do five hour podcast. Th- that's, that's a limitation. Um, cause you have an idea about what it means to be Joe Rogan. It's like, okay, Joe Rogan has X amount of followers. He's got this, he's got, he's doing this in the world. He's got, you know, this, again, this following this. So you, you have a concept in your head, just like chat GPT, where it's like, this is what Joe Rogan is. Your, your mind knows that and you're like, but I'm not him, but you're not just saying you're not him. You're saying I'm not able to do this. That that's, that's the internal structure that's there. So it's a limitation. Now. The question is like, well, so what? And maybe nothing, but maybe you do want to kind of be, maybe you do want that reach. Maybe you do want that impact. Okay. Oh yeah. So then we have to, so bring that internal dialogue, internal structure to light. Um, and then actually work to change it. Um, because man, you, you could act, this could actually be a four hour interview if you wanted it to be. So that's the key is what do you want? What do you want? So this is for your audience. What do you want? And not here, here. And then are you leaving the door open to that? Or are you closing the door by saying something like what just came out for you? Because if you are, it's incongruent. You're putting a door up and you're not putting it outside. It's inside. You, You can't even see the door. You have to see the door. My goal right now is to play on stage with the Dave Matthews band. That would be cool. My favorite band. That would be really cool. Um, I've been a lifelong. <laughs> so when I noticed that I had this, this thing happen, I was like, oh my, I really do want to play with them. Like, that would be amazing. That voice, you can never do that. Who are you to think that you could be on stage with those guys? Those guys are world-class musicians. They wouldn't have you. Those are all conclusions. And so I just said in that moment, I was like, what if you could? What if you didn't close the door on possibility? What if? Well, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Let's live in that space. There's a space there. And, and that's the invitation. Is to live there. What if? Do I know? No, that's not the point. Your brain wants to know. Limiting beliefs, they they only seem to differ in magnitude. There's no difference. It all exists here. So so don't close doors. I'm not special. There's, There's nothing special. I just am aware now when I'm closing my doors because there's a feeling there. And it's this feeling that I indicated to earlier. It's a contraction. It's a closing off. It's a cutting off. We're not here to be cut off. We're here to be connected, uh, connected with our dreams, connected with our wants. We're here to pursue them. We're here to do that. 
that's what what's next for luke russell playing on stage with the dave matthews band <laughs> i'm looking forward to it man i i expect an email you you booked that gig i don't i don't like concerts mainly because i'm i have uh, some social anxiety about large crowds yeah but seriously, I, I won't. Vancouver's not that far. It's like six hours, so I can make that trip. Close. I would come to Vancouver to watch you play with Dave Matthews. Uh, um, I don't. I don't. I, I want to play one song. Mm-hmm. Um, is that now? Time frames. Is that happening tomorrow? Probably not. Like I won't close that door, but I'll say probably not going to happen. So it's like uh, I was just in the Gorge last year to see them, and they are playing better than ever. By the way. Um, that's where we're at. Yeah. Super amazing. I know the area. Um, so we don't put timelines on these things. So I have to say, what would it take to get there? Cause, cause it's not about wishy-washy manifestation. It's what do I need to do to become the person that's doing that? I have to get, I have to play music. I have to release music. I have to, when I practice, I got to practice. It's, it's, so we create this internal structure of like, I'm a world-class musician. And then the way that we talk about ourselves, they would be thrilled to have me. <laughs> so um, that's the big, that's the big dream. Um, I have a couple businesses that I, I run and growth within those businesses. I have things that I do for that. Um, I want to bench press 350 pounds, deadlift 500 pounds and squat 450 pounds those things uh, i'm always working to deepen my connection with my wife uh, that relationship is very important to me and to be the best father that i can um all of those things mean putting myself first in the most selfish way so little things like drinking water um eating well sleeping basic things my the mindset practices that i have that allow me to mostly live in this place of appreciation and joy because I get to show up a certain way with you when I feel good. Just imagine yourself on your best day. It's like, what if we could bring that every day versus yourself on the worst day that you've ever had? There's a difference there. <laughs> so this mindset work and the mindset practices are about, you know, really cultivating a practice, a practice. Because we all have these unconscious practices that we're carrying out anyway. What if we just align our internal world and our external world with where we want to go um and and that's that's the, that's the work and that's the fun luke where is the best place for people to connect with you to follow up on this conversation probably facebook probably okay yeah. guys as always we'll have you know all of the links so you can find luke because i want you to be able to catch him after this conversation so you can keep tags of him not only can you pursue this conversation farther but you can also, you know, buy tickets when he signs up with Dave Matthews. Because that's going to be a good gig. Now, I know you're all dying to know the highest grossing holiday movie ever. It's either A, A Christmas Carol, B, Home Alone, C, The Polar Express, D, The Grinch, or E, Elf. You guessed Elf. And the answer is The Grinch. It's the highest no. grossing holiday movie ever. The one with Jim Carrey? Uh, yeah, yeah. No. Wow. That shocked me. No, I've seen that movie probably 27 times or more. Is it good? Like, I haven't even seen it and I'm judging it. Like, talk about being a human thing right there. It's one of my favorite shows. Like, it's, I I can watch, I'll watch that in the middle of summer. My kids (laughs) will walk in, 
I'm, I'm randomly watching, you know, the Grinch with Jim Carrey. My wife's calling me out. Yeah. I have seen it <laughs> times in that <laughs> middle of the summer, hundred degrees outside. I'm watching the Jim Carrey Grinch. Uh, that's awesome. Just randomly. They're like, dad is July. Like, yeah. It's your point. <laughs> um, I just, I fast. I love it. It's, it's one of those guilty pleasure movies. I can just watch anytime. No, I would have gone with Die Hard, but if, <laughs> I knew the answer to the question. So, did that do better? Is that really a Christmas movie? Like it came out at Christmas, but it's not a Christmas movie. You that's know, a joke, right? That, that well, that's the joke, right? But there, there, there's two kinds of Die Hard fans. There's those that think it's a Christmas movie, and those that think it's not. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Willis even makes jokes about it online still today about it. It's not a Christmas movie, and the director has been like, "No, it was a Christmas movie." Huh. Like, it still gets debated on Facebook. I, I was laughing about it, uh, or like this year around Christmas because I'm like Christmas movies. My wife and I used to watch it every year for Christmas. Uh, oh. The first, the first two happen on the Christmas holiday while he's going to see his family for Christmas. So I feel like it's an action movie that happens to take place on well, Christmas. But Home Alone is essentially the same thing, right? Yeah. It's a family going somewhere to celebrate Christmas and the kid gets left behind. And it's about him surviving being left behind. It's not actually about Christmas. Interesting. Interesting point, man. That's <laughs> a good argument right there. That's good. My wife says it's totally a Christmas music, uh, Christmas movie. Uh, that's that's all our diehard fans out there. Sorry, guys. It's, we're, we're Christmas movie diehard fans. We, we'll, we'll, before the kids, we would like watch the entire series on Christmas Day. Wow. wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Luke, yeah. what is the most, if, if someone hears nothing else today, what is the most important thing you want them to hear as we wrap up the show? Um, do you remember what I said earlier about the, if, uh, if I could talk to one person? Um, so the reason that I do these podcasts, a big reason is, uh, because I used to feel like I was, there was something wrong with me. And there's, there's this misnomer in the world of like self-development, um, that there's a self to develop. And that creates a problem because what the, what the inference there is, is that you need to be developed, that you're not okay. And you're not enough as you are. And so I like to make the distinction that um, you're good and, and you're enough and there's nothing, there's nothing missing and you're not missing anything. And when you feel safe enough to explore and begin to accept and then begin to express who you are at your core, um, life gets a lot easier and then to make the distinction that there are skills that can be developed. Um, and, you know, if, if you want to do different things in the world, um, it would be worthwhile to develop those. But you at, at your core, you're good. There's, there's nothing missing. All right. You're enough. In you, FF. Sorry, reference an old, an, an old episode I did. Uh, it was it was a beautiful father. You should go back in my episodes and find it. It's a beautiful father daughter story about her diving into dark, dark time. And one night he told her, "You're enough." And the way he said it, he 
laid into the nuff part of it and it became a joke. Now they run a clothing line for, for young people to encourage them. It says N U F F I'm enough. So I, I love what you're saying, man. Oh, I even hate to follow that one. Sorry. I, I was like, but I, but I love that saying, uh, to, to a huge extent, Luke, thank you for taking the time to be on the show today and having this conversation with us guys, as always be better tomorrow because of what you do today. And we'll see you on the next one. This has been the fallible man podcast, your home for everything, man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.